What up, bras? What up, bras? And we're gonna run me twelve. What is Brahmi's world? Your boy me twelve fun cost. I am Siege and. I'm Tony Curtis. I like I like the like crescendo that's going. Like you're building towards something. I like it. But well, we all we are building towards something. Keep going. I I was just gonna say, you know, recently our our listeners probably don't know this. We switched to Saturday morning recordings. We used to record in the evenings after work on the weekdays. Now it's like early morning, and this has become such a Saturday morning routine with me. I make my breakfast. Me and my wife watch Boy Meets World, and then I sit with you and I talk about it. And there's just energy. I'm like, it's a great way to start the day. One Saturday morning. Yeah, you know, honestly. It feels <laughs> like that. It feels yeah. like that. It's great. It's great. Absolutely. It's funny. Uh, my partner and I, we did the exact same thing. Um, it's kind of like I make waffles. We're watching the episode. <laughs> and it's really crazy because I, like, I've been so, for years, cagey about this. Especially with him, because this is nowhere near what he would have watched. You and mean the, the last... podcast, like Boy Meets World? You have you don't really watch it with him? Well, no, no, like not like he's older. And it's just not his genre. He's and the then... he's the Wonder Years generation. So he actually like we were talking about this because he was like he literally this morning he was like, so why the show? <laughs> he was like, why? Are we, like, what's going on? Here? And I was like, it's been four years and if you have to ask you don't get it <laughs> but he was like oh i was the growing pains generation and i was like yeah interesting yeah a very good point um, which yeah funny enough growing pains was part of the uh idea that spawned boy meets world they were like hey instead of focusing on the older brother let's focus on the middle brother instead so that's how they pitched it was growing pains but the middle child focus yeah i love so. it what should we do first? Morning announcements? Yeah, you got some morning announcements. Okay, we have quite a few. Um, so I was going through and I was reading some of our reviews and I wanted to read one of the latest reviews that I thought was just really great. Um, it's from a Netasmith, I think is what? Netasmith? I don't know. Either way. I hope we're saying that right. Yeah, uh, yeah so sorry if I'm not. But um, five stars titled Masterclass, and it says, these guys could teach a college course in Boy Meets World as related to the social situations of the real world. You all are continuing to peel off new layers of a show I've seen a million times. You highlight things I've never realized. It makes the 90s sitcom seem like a brand new show. My new favorite podcast. <laughs> That's the best. Oh my God. Thanks so much. Right? Like, That's what you want to hear. <laughs> if I could teach a college course on Boy Meets World, if that could be my job, guys, I would take it in a heartbreak. At this Class point in time. Dismissed. At this point in time, I got to tell you, it is definitely something that, um, like, it's definitely something that could be done. The number of college courses. <laughs> I think I heard that someone's teaching a college course on, like, Taylor Swift. Like, anyone could teach a college course on anything. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then also, um, I would love to, speaking of feedback, we would love for you guys to continue to reach out to us at Bro Meets World on social um give us the five stars reviews as we just kind of read this is another comment that we got from uh another longtime listener i would have to say um and so i just want this was in response to our episode um i think it's called friendly persuasion oh last uh, week's episode yeah yeah last week's episode and i think at this point in time it's two weeks ago for us but 
<laughs> um, it is the episode where we were talking about Sean and Angela being approached by the other girl who was like, oh, y'all together? Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. Oh, at the college mixer where Sean wants huh. to meet new people. Exactly. And Angela's not new people. This is the new person that came up and was like, y'all together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So uh, I just want to play uh, a little bit of that uh, and, and then discuss it as well. Once again. I don't know if you can play this on the pod or not or whatever, but I just wanted to thank you guys for pointing out the um, the gal in this episode who's like, oh, you guys are together to Sean and Angela. And the fact that it's just like totally racist because I, as like, I swear as I get older, a more and more increasingly basic white bitch, like just did not ever ever pick up on the fact that it was racist and and no you know if you're not outside your bubble you're never going to pick up on like these different things and you guys are as right are right as usual and i just wanted to thank you guys for pointing out this and just every other like you know if something's racist or just not quite right or just you know whatever it is you know you guys are like a really really um I think important podcast, you know, for this reason, it's not just because, you know, it's fun to like, listen to you guys. And of course, but it's because you are like, no, this is, this is this perspective. And, and that's, you know, you know, quite frankly, you're, you'll be like, no, this is what is happening. And then, you know, otherwise we may not pick up on it. So I just wanted to thank you guys a lot and goodbye. All Amazing. right. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Wow. Well, you that, know what? First of all, I just want to I want to thank I want to thank both of those uh, listeners for for writing us and for leaving a, a voice message. Um, I love the positive feedback, you know, um, and it's just so like it's so nice just to know that like we're resonating because I have to say like to everyone else like when me and Siege were like oh we're gonna talk about Boy Meets World for seven years. Like, no, how long have we been doing this? <laughs> like, we're going to spend seven years talking about Boy Meets World. Like, we just didn't think that, like, other people would understand what we're doing because we have such a deep love for the show. And a lot of times the things we point out can make it seem like we're criticizing the show itself. But it's really criticizing the time period and, like, what our culture was like and what was deemed, accept- uh, like, acceptable and what was deemed okay in 1998 versus now. And I just love that, like, our listeners are, like, hip to it and they understand what we're doing and that this isn't bashing Boy Meets World. It's praising the show that was a shining gem during a time period that was just very um, different than now. So uh, I, I thank you guys so much for the feedback. And if you guys want to leave another, um, if you guys want to leave voice messages, you can actually do so on our website if on our anchor website you can actually leave a voice message that we can play on our show so if you guys have any other questions or comments or feedback or anything definitely uh go to our anchor website and leave us a voice message that we can play on future episodes and as we said earlier please leave reviews uh comments at brummeets world um you can email us at brummeets world at gmail.com we greatly appreciate it um so Continuing our morning announcement, I just want to say, uh, so I, I finally did it. I listened to Pod Meets World. For, for the first time? Very first time I did it. And it's because they had Trina McGee on. And oh I was gosh. like, our you love. know, it was... 
very enlightening. Very, very, very much enlightening. And I, I thought that you and the listeners would enjoy uh, me kind of listening to it for the first time because everyone yeah. has been like, oh my God, have you listened? I did that thing where it's like, I wasn't like really looking at my phone. I was just kind of listening and, and doing stuff. And you instantly get the chemistry. You instantly, like, yeah. like I don't even need to know who's talking. I like just by the voices or what's being said. Um, there's there's a camaraderie there, which you love yeah. to hear at a podcast. And there's a history and a familiarity. So that's really good to know when it's a show that you've loved so much that these characters and the actors who play them also get along in some some way so that was that was really fun and really positive um any major takeaways from the tina mcgee episode any oh if you don't think that that's where i'm going (laughs) (laughs) one of the things is so they have uh tina mcgee on and they they talked about how like she was like one of their number one guests everyone mm. wants them on they're constantly asking about angela and there's there's just so much one of the things she talks about is like one of the things that she thought would be like her big break is she gets an audition at um for the cosby show and wow. it is amazing because on the pod you can hear the oxygen leave the room like you can mm-hmm. hear like she's just telling her story she's like so i want to go see cosby and like you could i i just felt a shift and it's so hilarious because it's one of those things to where 2007 would be like, oh, that's so cool, blah, blah, blah. Now everyone's like, <laughs> you know, like, like, and it's this thing where everyone's quiet. I can just tell that these white people did not want to talk about this. But I also will give credit that she's just like talking about it for the reality that it is. She's not yeah. t- not praising. She's just like, no, this is the thing. And it was a really big deal at the time. And she talks about how she, like, went to the audition, but she didn't get it. And um, and there's, like, this van that they would put you on when you didn't get it to, like, drive you back home. She was like, so I'm so upset because I'm on the van and, like, I didn't get it. And then Ryder, who I'm loving more and more, yeah. Ryder was like, no, it sounds like it's a good thing you didn't get that part. And, like, <laughs> so it's, like he just, like, kind of acknowledges it for what it is. Yeah. And I thought that was really great. A, like this reality of like, hey, it's a really uncomfortable time. It's a really uncomfortable talking, but that was my reality. That was something that like I really wanted to do. And that would have been like a gold star. Now, in hindsight, did I dodge a bullet? Absolutely. But like also, so that and then also writer just being very comfortable enough to be like, no, let's discuss it. Let's actually. Yeah, let's get into it. Can I, uh, uh, I, we don't have to get into it, but I just want to quickly point out, um, I also auditioned for the Cosby show and met Bill Cosby. Uh, we could talk about that later, what? but. Are you serious? Are you serious? Wait, how have I known you for half have of my life? Story? And you okay. have never mentioned this. I'm going to give you the quick abridged version of this because <laughs> I know people are going to be curious. I was a pageant baby when I was a kid. I Very I, cute I'm, kid. We'll pull Very a picture cute. up. Um, yeah, I did. I got like pageants i did all that stuff i and because i lived in new jersey at the time like atlantic city i met donald trump doing that shit like it was just a thing that happened and so i had an agent and i had headshots and my mom took me to go audition for the cosby show and actually i almost made it so sandra his older daughter has twins on the show and i was auditioning to be the boy twin and the only reason i didn't get it was because i was too tall compared to the girl they wanted to play my sister if my height had been different i would have been a child star on the cosby show so i just want to throw that out there 
that's a part of my life life <laughs> but no, the that, fact that. that you've never known that story is is yeah that's that is i can't believe i've known you forever and you've never mentioned that that is crazy to me well it was like i was this was before my like like long-term memory developed like it was, it's one of those <laughs> things that like happened to me that i know about because my mom talks to me about it yeah but i have no memory of this i'm sure there was a van i don't remember the van <laughs> <laughs> So what's also funny to that is, so you would have played the part that Gary Leroy Gray played, who is the male twin. Like, oh, that, yeah, is, yeah. that is so hilarious. There's, all right. Sorry, you guys. This is just what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a few things. One, like, do you just look at Gary Leroy Gray sometimes and be like, you could have my life. Like, well, you know, I don't know. it's so funny because like, you know, when I was younger and I heard those stories, and especially when Cosby was just like, before all of this, people don't understand who Cosby yeah. was for black people. So like, it was just a different conversation. It was just like, wow, what a cool opportunity. But again, in retrospect, you're just like, hey, would I really have liked being a child star? Would I really have liked yeah. being yeah. in that life? And, you know, even hearing Ryder and Will and, and Danielle talk about it, the pros and cons of it, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things to where, like, it was uh, a multiverse version of me got on that show and probably has, you know, had to deal with child stardom, but it's not my That is multiverse. amazing. So what's, what's even, okay, what's crazier about this particular story is as a baby, and I'm talking, like, newborn child, my parents took me on my very first flight same thing, a story being told to me. Very first one. For those of you who don't know, and I'm not going to get into the specifics, but uh, I'm named after Malcolm Jamal Warner. So, like, my parents. How did loved. I not know? See, that? Look, look, look. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh I'm named God. after Malcolm Jamal Warner. So, my mom loves a Cosby show. That's the blackest shit I've ever heard, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I. I, my parents take me on a plane to go meet my dad's family. Like we live in one area, we're flying to another area. And on the plane, we are sitting next to the actress who plays Sandra. <gasps> and she's like, oh my God, your baby's so cute. Like she holds, like, it's like this whole thing. So same thing where it's just like, I love that it was Sandra specifically. And I just think that's so hilarious that wow. like, around the same time, um, yeah, I just and I love that it's it's Sandra that was the, the fact that me, you, and <laughs> Trina McGee are all connected in the Cosby verse. <laughs> oh my God, the Cosby verse! You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh um, my gosh. Okay, thank you guys for letting us do that little tangent. Okay, um, uh, okay. Last thing that I will say, and I could swear we can get into this episode, um, but um, they also talk about how. So one of the legendary things is how Trina McGee is not in the final episode, right? Yes. So it turns out, and this is for years. Spill the tea, bro. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. I need to know. <laughs> she says that someone came up to her and said, the main cast doesn't want you in the final episode. They want it to be just, and reminder, for those of you who don't know, the actress who uh, plays Angela Trina McGee is older than the rest of the cast. She's like, I think, 
10, ten years, years older than older than most of them. But she is closer in age to Wilfred L. But like in general, she's ten years older. And she was just mm-hmm. playing a teen. So for her being an older individual and a mom and all this other stuff, when someone says, "Hey, they don't want you there." And she's always known that they have had like their own little clique and all this other stuff. She just took that for what it was and was like really upset, especially since like they said that to her and they're like, they don't want you in the final episode. So we're going to give you this kind of like send off. But the rest of the cast is flabbergasted. They're like, what are you talking about? No one has ever said that. We were ju- we didn't understand what was going on. Also, again, it's like we're teen actors. If someone's just like, like uh, for me, it felt like one of those things where like someone was like, "Hey, they don't want you there." And then the next day, everyone else showed up and was like, "Where's Trina?" And they're like, "Oh, she couldn't make it for the final episode." And they're like, "Okay, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah, weird." But I guess she had other things to do. So it's just one of those messed up things. I can't wait to listen to the full episode, but I will say it is always, 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 always rubbed me the wrong way that Angela wasn't in the final episode and Rachel was. Oh, they talk like, about, they said that specific thing. They were, they were like, again, everyone's confused because they were like, why would she not be? But everyone else is. So it's it's one of those things where it's like when you hear it and you hear this background, I know everyone's like, it's just a show. You guys are reading too much into things. But knowing the background and hearing There's, these things, yeah, there was I'm some like, shady oh. shit going on. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're right. We were picking up on stuff that someone was like, oh, no one will be able to know what I'm doing. Yeah. And 30 years later, we're like, ah, ah, ah. Does that seem sus to you? <laughs> so anyway, I just thought that was uh, I, I thought that was really fun. I thought that you should definitely listen to it, and I thought that everyone would enjoy hearing me listen to the bottom. Wow, 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 wow! Got to get into that shit, bruh. The tea is 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 hot. It's hot. <laughs> okay, uh, are you ready to do this episode? I cannot wait to talk about episode six hundred six hogs and kisses. This episode makes fucking no sense to me. I'm so hot. For this episode, I have so much to say. I can't wait to get into it. Okay, I guess we should start with a tell me about it. Oh, yeah. Tell us about it. Sean and Topanga pretend to fuck. Corey's transformed to a rage and cuck, while Rachel is tested if she can handle their muck. Okay. (laughs) That was creativity. I don't know what this episode's point is. I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know what is going on from okay, start to okay. finish. Okay, I, I, let me, let's just get into the topic about it. For those listening, this is season six, episode six, Hogs and Kisses. After a director has Sean and Topanga kiss while making a film, Corey, certain the duo has been secretly harboring emotional feelings for each other, directs them to go on a date and explore their true emotions. Meanwhile, in a B storyline, Eric and Jack pretend to be mannerly in front of Rachel. Okay. So. No part of this episode makes sense. First A storyline, B storyline. I, 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 I was so, I was like, I have to approach this episode <laughs> differently than I approach almost any other episode. Because even though this is an iconic episode and so much about it is just remembered and in the highlight reels and all this other stuff memed, I also was like, this is a whole different world. It's like, 
surreal reality. I don't know what we're doing. This like you have to like you literally have to suspend disbelief in order to follow along with anything. I was like, this is one of the most sitcommy of sitcom storylines because a lot of it, a lot of it just couldn't fit in reality. <laughs> no one's actions follow <laughs> any kind of logic there's no conversations between these characters and like and we're i know we're gonna get into all the details but the thing that's so frustrating for me is that on a on a larger scale these storylines don't make sense yeah in the sense that um eric and jack this is october november <laughs> they've been living with rachel since june What's with all this, we need to put on mask shit? Like, this wasn't around before, so how are you just going to start pretending now? Whatever. Um, a storyline is one long, drawn-out, nonsensical story. Also, Corey can learn the same lesson that Topanga learned last year at the art gallery, that a kiss sometimes doesn't mean anything. Yes. Uh, guys, I, I, we're going to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I love it. So let's let's just start with the A storyline as usual. Um, to do that, we open up with Corey and Topanga filming kind of like the Pembroke welcome video or whatever. I, and my first my first thought was, why them? Like, <laughs> thank you, then, thank you. This was my question. Why the fuck are freshmen doing this? This is something that sophomore, maybe a senior, like not freshmen. They just got here he exactly. can't even register for classes how is he in this come on they they do acknowledge it they were like oh we were voted okay it's just one no, of the things where no, it's like <laughs> no that does not happen on the college campus no one knows you how can they vote for you you just started no exactly so i i was like okay but um to that point i do want to do a little bit of a roll call because we get uh, the director, uh, Simon, is played by Tom Gallup, uh, who is one of those character actors who I'm sure you've seen him in many of things. He was in The Pretender. Do you remember The Pretender? Did you ever see that? I do not. I do. I, oh, I my know. God. Okay. 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 Sorry, you guys. Tangents. But <laughs> The Pretender is, I don't, I don't even know if it lives up to, of course, my memory. But it's one of those, like, CBS shows that, like, you're like, you have to suspend disbelief in order to even watch it, but also it's so fascinating and amazing. There's this guy who is like a ex-secret agent or like a sleeper agent or something like that, <laughs> and he was raised to be a killer or something. I'm, I'm butchering this, but anyway, he just goes through life pretending to be other people or pretending to um, do other occupations to solve crimes and of course there's this huge big agency that's out trying to track him but they can never quite catch him and they're always like one step behind anyway is a you got to check the show out it's crazy i'll see if i can find you a clip it's what it's, year is this i don't even know i know this yeah. is the early 90s uh it's just one of those shows you know it seems like a show only a white man could star in yeah <laughs> It's definitely one of those. Um, so uh, he was in The Pretender. He's also in X-Files. He's in I Will honestly, and Grace. 
I don't recognize him from anything. The only thing I recognize him from as is being the pervy director from this episode. He is in ER. He is in uh he's in Time Cop. Diagnosis murder. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time cop? Damn, damn time cop. Time Rewatch cop. is happening today. <laughs> he's in Sister Sister, Murphy Brown, Baywatch. Uh, so he's like a 90s tv guy yeah yeah yeah. he's he's one of those that guys um and i know him most from uh will and grace where he plays uh their friend rob so anyway okay okay um he he's he's a a really cool character actor and so the moment i saw him i was like all right cool uh also i just want to say tom gallup um your imdb photo kind of good kind of cute Good for oh. you. <laughs> for uh, yeah, just just saying. Yeah. Uh, and then um so anyway, going back to the episode, why are they I doing ha- this? Yeah, what, what's I have going? A, I have a question. And this is probably does it this is, I don't want to like get out of control here with my illogical mind. <laughs> when I am watching a college recruitment video, I see zero, zero making out. On a, yes! on, a, on a university university basis if you think i didn't go on like several college websites after watching this web episode <laughs> to see if there's a video of people just making out being like yeah you can probably get laid here what are we doing again this was definitely one of those moments where it's like i don't i do not know i have not found one from the 90s uh, but the idea that one of the things in your college recruitment video an academic university would be hey maybe you could get laid here and then like even like the character of the director is just all pervy with it where he's just like yeah he's so give me more passion like, yeah <laughs> give me more <laughs> you're on a college campus whole... and you don't know these people what are we doing <laughs> the whole catalyst for this is Corey and topanga are in this and Corey who we have seen behind and in front of the camera multiple times throughout this series. We saw him in front of the camera doing the special on Janitor Bud in in season three. The same thing when he was like tracking down Sean's other mysterious half-brother who was stealing shit in front of the camera doing stuff. Completely fine. All of a sudden, he can't speak words if the camera's in front of him. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, we've seen this before. Why is he the one who's choking up? Don't get me wrong. No. In the earliest of early seasons, he did choke up. But also, like, at one point in time, he wanted to be, like, a camera, like, a video director. Yeah. So what what is going on? I don't understand what we're doing here. But also, it was one of those, like, this is why I said I just had to, like, enter the world of sitcom. Because it's one of those things where Sean goes, and he's like, I can't wait to hear you say the word curriculum. And the director's like, wait, what was that? He goes, <laughs> curriculum. curriculum. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is our guy. And it's like, it's definitely one of those moments where it happens all the time in sitcoms where apparently, and I feel like this is just kind of like Hollywood seeping in. Very often in sitcoms, someone will audition for one role. And then their friend who has zero interest in acting yes. will be there as support. And the director will be like, 
you're the one. <laughs> There's a great episode of, of Fresh Prince where D.L. Hughley plays his friend who goes down to like audition for like stand up, and uh -huh. then Will is just funny in the inner in like the waiting room, and they're like, "We want him, we want him too." And I'm just like, "No, you like that's not how fucking Hollywood works. Like you need chops." <laughs> well, so here's the thing. To that point, there's an episode of Living Single where Sinclair goes on an audition and Max goes with her, and Max gets the role. It's one of the funniest episodes to me um but yeah it's just apparently it's just a trope where it's constantly people driving their friends to auditions only to leave with the part <laughs> yeah yeah um i i really when they were like setting it up to like oh sean why don't you do it like i feel comfortable with it it's fine and sean's like are you sure like i don't really feel comfortable Topanga's like i don't feel comfortable and Corey's like why would i have a problem with you being the person to welcome people to Pembroke? that's not what this episode's about <laughs> well, it so quickly takes a left turn to perville <laughs> and when the way that Corey's inner cuck is unleashed <laughs> at the sight of them kissing when i saw him in his underwear watching that video over and over again it come on bro. like what is happening all right a few things one is this idea of i in that moment i was like what happened was sean read the script <laughs> and sean was like i know something that Corey doesn't which is i know what the next scene is and that's clearly something that Corey has not considered. And they they have this moment of Topanga being like, I'm uncomfortable doing this if if Corey isn't going to. And I was like, again, this just feels very male writery, yeah. male fantasy. Because if you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Or you could say, oh, you know, like, um, you know, if we're supposed to be couples. Like, she should be equally. But the idea of her being like, I'm not doing it unless Corey also approves of it. Just, it's, no, it's not a thing. Calm down. Well, <laughs> well also, it's <laughs> the thing that's so ridiculous is that, like, at no point does Sean or Topanga hesitate to just full on make out. Yeah. Like, is, this how, is this how the 90s worked when they're like, people would come on to do guest spots on Boy Meets World, but they're just like, oh, okay, now you and Ryder just make out. Go. We're not going to give you any heads up. We're not going to let you, like, have a conversation about it as actors beforehand. I'm just going to say, go, kiss. Like, what's I happening? will say that is a very good point. This idea of them being hesitant to even have Sean swap. But then he's like, hey, improv. How about you two kiss? And they're like, seems natural. Very clear direction. Fine. <laughs> this is an educational video. Why wouldn't we full on make out? <laughs> so again, it's one of those things where it allows Ben Savage to be turned up to an 11. Which he's been consistently the season, right? Like this absolutely. is the season six Ben Savage is just manic. Yes, absolutely. This is like they... I feel like they are almost Urkel-fying him. Which you know is what I like, mean? Yeah, which is being like, um, I don't know what it is. It's not anxious. It's like... Play it to just, an 11. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just very over the top. And like every episode is about... I think what's strange is that we went most of season five without seeing funny Corey. Corey was the dramatic, like, oh, I'm in the love triangle. Like, we just haven't seen him work his comedy chops. So it kind of seems sudden that, like, after a season of him having this really, like, dramatic, act, like, acting stuff, he's just thrown into just, like, hey, no, you're the new Will Friedle. We need you to just be at that level. And it's just, 
it's shocking it's like it's it's uneasy it's like an uneasy transition yeah okay so sean and topanga make out in this video Corey freaks out in front of everyone. They're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, and, and you know what's really interesting, too, is that, like, right after Corey has this huge freak out, neither Sean nor Topanga have any empathy for him. Like, oh, I just made out with his fiance. Of course, he's upset. Like, there's none of that. There's just like, oh, it's just Corey being Corey again. And Please don't almost, make a big deal out of this. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost as if they're just, like, accepting of the fact that Corey is going to blow this out of proportion. And that's just who he is. And it's like a lovable quirk of his. And I'm just like, is it though? Like, is it? I will say, here's the thing. In their defense, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so they're right. It's one of those things where it's like, we could, I, for me, it feels like one of those situations where it's like, we could have a rational conversation, but that time has passed. <laughs> Corey now has it, and it's just gonna be what it's gonna be. <laughs> there's, there's a point. I will say this. There's a point where, he, okay, right after they film in the student union, he cut. They cut to his dorm room. He is in his uh, a tank and boxers, rewatching this video over and over and over again. Again, very pervy, very pervy. I don't understand how this isn't so pervy. And he's also like so to an eleven that he's almost coked up. He's screaming. He's <laughs> ripping his shirt off. He's trying to fight with the person next door. Um, uh, if you don't think we're talking about that, <laughs> uh, but the thing. I want to point out is I was watching this with my wife and they were like, oh, so they just had to throw in a reason to show Ben Savage's thing. and I was like, was actually great noticing that because last episode when he was in the shower, we had a shirtless Ben Savage scene too and I was like, huh, I wonder and like, don't get me wrong, Ben looks great Ben is in great shape but yeah. I'm just like, why is it all of a sudden that we're seeing a lot of shirtless Corey? I felt like it was one of those things where he is growing up he's coming into his body i'm not gonna lie specifically in that bedroom scene he looking good he, he lean like, looking lean looking good the hair is tight i'm, I'm here <laughs> for it i was like okay but like <laughs> he taking care of him curls you know he's he's just curls. exactly i was like no absolutely i i i was like this feels like a moment where he wanted someone either he wanted to show off his body or someone wanted to be like hey You've been working out. Let's like use that to our advantage. And I could even see like that being like something that they use for the teaser, like him like ripping yes. his shirt. You totally. know what I mean? So um, go ahead. Yes. I was just gonna say, I when we cut back, he is now with this guy, Isaac, who he was yelling with next door. They're both crying watching this video as Corey calls Topanga a tramp. Um <laughs> And he is just lamenting over how he was heartbroken. And he just screams out, Topanga! And Isaac, the man who he is crying with, screams out, Fred! To yeah. which Corey gives a gay panic moment. And I was just like, are we still doing this, Boy Meets World? Are we still playing this game? With So it was one of those, it's so funny that you said it, because to me, it's... It was, like I said, I was so, it was so hard to think about this episode because in that moment, Corey gives kind of like a side eye, but he doesn't panic and get up. You're right. He You're doesn't right. like, you know, like there are moments, he doesn't like, we're, we're, we're in that, um, kind of don't ask, don't tell phase of. That's so what this feels like. It, it's very Seinfeld. 
not that there's a problem with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just that, like, multiple times throughout the show, whenever they've made, like, a joke, because they used to make these jokes about Frankie all the time, being yeah. like, oh, is yeah. he gay? Is he not? Are you saying I'm gay? Like, he would just randomly say stuff like that. Like, it's almost as if they can't, like, they they don't have a problem with it, but it's other. It's it's yeah. weird. It's like, huh? Wait, what? Oh, the, uh, the exact quote from Seinfeld is, not that there's anything wrong with that. And yeah. that's kind of like what it is. It's one of those, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just realized that I'm shirtless, I'm in my boxers, and I'm with a man who's bigger than me, mm-hmm. stronger than me, and interest could be interested in me. Uh, which I always think is very interesting because you're right, it is it's something that we see the most often. Because we had this happen with a football player in high school. We had this happen with Frankie, as you said. It's always bigger guys. Yeah. Where they feel like this is the joke. And I think that what we're seeing is a guy never really has to think about whether or not, like, he is open to the same kind of sexual vulnerability mm. as a woman until you get a intimidating man who's bigger than them and then all of a sudden they're like oh wait a minute if this is something that he wants to pursue and i don't i'm in trouble (laughs) and it's crazy because women even imagine (laughs) you don't understand what it's like gosh these women will never (laughs) get out of your bubbles lady So anyway, I just thought that was very, very interesting. But again, in, in you're right in like what was a gay panic comedic moment. They also didn't overdo it like they do so many other things. Sure, sure, sure. So the I was itself like, just felt kind of gay. Like they're just in their underwear watching these two people make out on repeat. I was just like, what's just, just this whole thing makes no sense to me. Like. He, Corey is, is like so convinced that there's passion between these two people in a way that just like, it doesn't resonate. Like there's nothing about his character that rings like, oh, this is true. This is, I can see why Corey feels this way. I've seen the evidence over seasons to support why he feels intimidated by Sean. If that's what it was, it was like, oh, Sean's single now. I'm intimidated by my friend who was always so much cooler than me. They could have done that and that would have made complete sense. That wasn't what this was. It's literally just, it's, first of all, it's a, an insecurity. Um, and again, what they do in these episodes is Corey has an insecurity, which don't get me wrong, it is an insecurity and it's something that we could talk about, but they just have Corey blow it out of proportion. And you eventually need someone to bring it down. Now, that being said, the show takes an additional turn when Corey insists that they go on a date. He's like, yeah, you have to. We have to we'll talk about this. Okay. never get past it. And I was like, in what world? And then, again, it just keeps getting ludicrous after this. Corey kicks like- Sean out of the dorm. He deadbolts the lock, which, by the way, is illegal. You cannot do that to your roommate. Like, <laughs> we, we saw this on Worst Roommate Ever. Um <laughs> So Sean's sleeping in the student union. Topanga comes down to talk to him like, hey, isn't Corey being crazy? Yup, yup, yup. Corey walks in. They expect him to be over the top. He's like, listen, guys, I think that you should go on a date to pursue whatever this connection is. Wait, I, wait, I, wait. Before we get that, we get the most iconic of iconic moments. 
which I love. This is one of those later scenes. Oh, I don't think it happens until after because I feel like he's like talking. He's like, I feel like you like, hey guys. No, he oh, goes it. He goes because he goes. Okay, wait okay, a minute. Because okay, okay. he 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 starts to he starts. You're right. That he enters room. He's like, I'm gonna be very calm. And then he goes, What is this? Yeah. And then he goes, removes the cover. Underman. And I, the moment I knew that this was the underpants. Like I to this day, if I see or hear, like if I say the word underpants, I'm going underpants. <laughs> like it's such a great, crazy, and that's what makes this episode hard because it is ludicrous. It is out there, but also it is iconic and it is filled with fun. I, I will admit the underpants line, very iconic moment. It comes up a lot in like flashbacks of the show. It it. it this episode is bad. <laughs> Regardless of this iconic moment, this episode makes no sense. So, like, I understand the underpants, very iconic, but just, like, if you were to take even that out of it, like, all we really have is Corey being manic. Like, yeah. really, like, almost dangerously manic. So, I, 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 and the fact that he's constantly being like, you guys need to figure out the sexual tension. I'm going to set the date. I'm going to do everything. It's just like, do you want to watch them hook up? Like, where is <laughs> for you? That's what we're not talking about that we need to talk about. We've talked about for years that Corey is in love with Sean. And we've had these conversations of like uh, the difference of being homoromantic and homosexual. And Corey is clearly homoromantic with Sean and loves Sean, um, but is... Um, heterosexual with Topanga and yeah it's you know attracted to Topanga so maybe there is a little bit of maybe what we're seeing is Corey's own gay panic he Whoa. saw Topanga kissing mm -hmm. Sean and it was like am I into this I can't well, there is a moment later in the episode where Angela says that Sean calls out Corey's name when they're like hooking I, up, again so. again I, and he and Flattered by that, he was like, "Ooh, in what context?" Like, <laughs> okay, okay. So, all right. So, the, the underpants thing happens. He tells him to go out on the date, and he does this thing where he's like, "What? Uh, we have to do this, or this is going to haunt us for the rest of our lives." And Topanga's like, "Why does everything have to haunt us for the rest of our lives? <laughs> Can that be the focus of the episode, Corey? Why does everything have to be a long-term life decision? Like, bruh, just calm down." Um, there's a really funny moment where Corey wants to go see Angela about this, and Angela's like, "He's like, what's she, what's she up to, Angela?" She's like, "Oh, I'm studying white history. You people contributed a lot to this nation." <laughs> <laughs> Queen, yes, Queen. We need Again, you. There, there are we moments where they do the writers whoever decided to do these, and it's, they're always like throwaway lines. So it's like whoever did it, they're like, I'm gonna slip this in, and it'll be funny and it'll get a laugh. But also, it's someone who get I don't know, someone gets it. It's hilarious. Well, honestly, okay, can I just say something? Because we went from like really having very few acknowledgments about color in season yeah, five with we Angela. Talked about it. To, to now, whereas, again, like, there's little jokes that are popping in and out. I will say this. If we want to try to make this make sense, going from high school where you all have a bunch of white friends to then going to college and just kind of getting a bigger picture of it, it could be that Angela, the character, is kind of waking up to the whiteness around her as well. Very so, possible. Like, I, I, I mean, I feel like that was a something that I went through. Yeah. Kind of going, 
from like yep. having a lot of white friends in high school and just like seeing life outside of that. So, yep. I mean, if we want to try to make this make sense, that could be the reason why Angela's being a little bit more snarky with her white friends. Absolutely. This. So. She, she reading her bell hooks. Hey, we got you. <laughs> so funny because you were talking about, I watched this episode with my fiance and we had just come off of an argument discussion or whatever so the idea that this episode were them being like why does everything have to be a big deal <laughs> my fiance was like did you pick this episode for me? are you and trying to like, say something to me you trying to prove a point with this show and i was like what the funny Fuck thing your is podcast. <laughs> the funny thing is it's literally just the next episode that we were doing but it is very hilarious that again why does everything have to be for the rest of our lives specifically when you are dealing with an engaged couple where you're you are constantly thinking okay is this what i'm doing for the rest of my life um Really hilarious, very timely. I just thought that was very funny. But I will say to your point, like, no one is taking Corey's, like, hurt about this seriously at all. When really, he's like, yo, I just got engaged to this girl, and I'm just feeling all of these things. They don't make it about that. They don't make it about, like, hey, I'm about to commit my life to this woman, and I'm, like, curious if she's having second thoughts. Like, that could have really grounded this story a lot. That's actually, you know what? I did not think about it even when I told the story, but you are so right. Corey is not just being Corey. Corey is engaged. And Corey's as engaged. the one who's newly engaged, you do start being like, oh, so this is how it's going to be. You yeah. know, like, like, You're just, trying like, to figure out like what's a lifelong thing and what's a right now thing. Like, exactly. and that's oh, something we could have really gotten into in like a really meaty way. That but is instead, such a really good point. And honestly, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you could dedicate like they play it off and like i they play it off and it's so funny and it's so haphazard that it never really occurred to me but you're absolutely right that this episode would make so much more sense if they just had a line where Corey was like we're newly engaged i'm constantly questioning everything that's why everything is a forever and would have also helped too is if they get to college and a bunch of guys start flirting with Topanga and she has to constantly be like, hey guys, I'm actually engaged. And they're like, what? You're engaged? You're 18? Like any of that would have helped support this and ground it and just make it a little bit more, um, just have some kind of emotional resonance. But instead, we get cow noises yeah. from behind the door. So, so this is where we're going. Instead of like having this be something where it can actually be a conversation and we can have like a really good uh michael jacobs moment we go into clownery literal clownery where so, for yeah, some yeah. reason they thought it would be a good idea you know who's really feeling insecure right now Boy. my fiance and your best friend you Let's know what we up. should do mess with his head we Let's should make him think you are doing ungodly things to me they things, teach. things that i won't let him do <laughs> I want you to know, I don't, I, okay, so the thing that I'm about to talk about is the scene where Corey's listening through a door and Sean and Topanga have a script that they're reading. It's, yeah. it's very like blatant, like, hey, we're just, we're just messing with Corey. Like he's, he's being ridiculous. But then they start with the sound effects and listeners, listeners, I want you to turn the volume up just a little bit. 
the noise that they play through the door there is it is unmistakable for fucking right yes like, it's that is the noise the 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 paddle on the ball yes. right the, yes but it's a, it's, a, it's a sound that's like hey just so you know i'm i'm railing your fiance bro yes like what are we who why yes, yes. and again so why did why did we take it here that's my thing. Why? Why? Again, I want to. I I've been to college. I don't know a single friend group who would be like, you know, it'd be really funny if we mess with him and made him think that we were having sex. I don't know a situation mm-hmm. to where having someone think that you are cheating on them with their best friend works in your favor. I don't know of a situation where you go, you know, it'd be really fun. If we made them think that we were both terrible people. <laughs> terrible people. Having sex, knowing that he can hear, making loud noises, saying that like, oh, I'm engaged to him and I could care less about this. Like, okay, so it, we, we have all of this just like pageantry that just kind of hurt Corey's feelings, which they, it worked. Um, Corey then is like, Hey, Angela, like, you don't get it. They kissed, okay? You can't kiss someone and have it not mean anything. Like, that's where this whole thing was going. Yes. Corey, feeling like a kiss can't be a kiss without feelings. Uh I want to, with you, Siege, hop in the DeLorean, go back to last season. Yeah. When Corey, over and over again, says to Topanga, oh, me and Lauren kissed. But it didn't mean anything. So what you're saying is that Corey was lying <laughs> to Topanga. <laughs> because if this is a lesson that Corey is just now learning, one of two things. Either Corey has amnesia <laughs> yeah. and just can't remember last year. Or Corey was lying to Topanga just to win her back. Because he himself has just said, you don't kiss someone and it not mean something. It's so lazy from a writer's perspective, because not only do they have Corey feel the same thing that we heard Topanga feel more earnestly last year. Just like he can't he can't kiss her and have it not mean anything. They solve it the same way. They're like, oh, we should have Topanga kiss this other dude at the art gallery and it not mean anything. And then she'll she'll learn. She'll know. And they're like, well, you know, Angela's there. Why don't we have her kiss Corey? It makes perfect sense that Angela, Angela (laughs) would want to make out with Corey just to prove a point. That's not fantasy written. That's not just like male ego. That would 100% happen, right? Like that's how this episode needs to go down. Why? Why? By the way, by the way, a few things. One, it's, we we really get murky episodes murky territory with this because the idea of angela being like so you've never thought of me that way and i was like okay this is this is Mm. not good again just let's don't let's not do this but (laughs) you've never thought of me that way no really okay once and then he talks (laughs) about a dream that he had it it was a good dream it was a really good dream Mm. again all of these things yeah we get it people are people whatever but the idea that angela you're right angela would be like you know what I'll prove it to you. I'm going to mount you and then kiss you. And then when you're like, huh, I felt nothing. You're right. Thank you. 
not take that this, personally at all. Oh my God. <laughs> I, this is the Rachel thing all over again. This is, I'm going to come on to you and trust that you are going to learn the lesson I want you to learn. I am going to mount my best friend's fiance without talking to her. I'm going to kiss my best friend's fiance without saying to her. And my best friend. And my ex-boyfriend. Again, all to prove a point that I hope that this dude who just told me he dreamt about having sex with me isn't going to get weird about me kissing. Like, who would do this? What woman would do this to prove a point is what I I'm saying. Again, let, let's just take gender out of it. I don't know anyone who would be like, let me prove to you that it means yeah. nothing by making out with you. Uh, especially if I intend not, like they don't go, hey, Sean and uh, Topanga, this just happened. Yeah. That, no, nothing is said. There's no like, hey, by the way, I made out with Angela or any of things like that. It's just like, nope, thank you for helping me learn that Even, lesson. <laughs> no, because I'm, again, I'm watching this with my wife who's like, Fucking no. <laughs> She's like, even if I came in and saw you snuggled up the way that Corey and Angela are snuggled up, I would have some things to say about it. And the fact that everyone is just pretending like everything is cool with, oh, if, you, if you're not in love, it's cool if you kiss. It's cool if you snuggle. It's cool to have intimacy if you're not in love. That's not a problem. It's only if there's feelings that it's, is that what we're walking away with? So it's funny that you say that because, I, 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 again, I'm thinking about college. And in college, we were very much like Lucky Feely. Everyone would like hop into a bed together. It's like all this other stuff. However, it, it should be noted that nobody was engaged at the time. Engaged. <laughs> That's what I mean. Engaged. And then also there is this idea of if you're friends and we're all friends and we're in bed or whatever, and there's like trust and also, that's absolutely, you can get it. You're friends, you're platonic, and all these other things. The real thing is one situation was in fact in front of a camera, signed off on, and for a script. Another one was done in secret. The other couple has no idea that it happened, and it's alone in the bedroom under completely different circumstances. <laughs> all right, so, guys. We got to throw out a new poll. If you were Angela, <laughs> would you make out with Corey to prove a point? Like, I'm sick of asking you guys the same question over and over again. But, like, I, I need a woman's perspective on this because I I don't the know. The answer, here's the thing. For me, the answer is no. I don't know. Like, I just don't know people who are constantly testing someone's sexuality. Like, I just, I don't know why we're doing this. I just, I can't remember, like, and again, maybe we're wrong, but there's just no world I know of where people are constantly being like, I'm doing this to prove a point. <laughs> and you know what's what's also really weird? Again, like, okay, whatever. Uh, Sean and Topanga have their thing. Angela and Corey have their thing. We don't see enough of Topanga and Angela's friendship to understand that she feels like she can do this and it'd be cool with Topanga. Like yep. that's the thing that's really yep. what's going on here is that there's no conversation between women in this episode at all. So to understand that there's a coolness between Angela and Topanga when it comes to this, or Topanga's like, hey, we're gonna mess with Corey for a little bit, just go along with it. One scene, one, yeah. one sentence would have made it's, all of this better. It's funny because you even there's even a scene where Corey, where Angela says, oh, is this about the kiss? And Corey goes, oh, she told you? And it's like, 
we couldn't see Topanga tell her. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have women talking to each other, especially about things that aren't men. Like that's, that's not <laughs> what the show is. <laughs> All right, long story short, we wrap up. And um, again, Corey says something along the lines of, there's no way you would see someone in a compromising position like they were and not assume the worst. And then Topanga and Sean walk in, see Corey and Angela in the bed together. And they're like, well, of course nothing happened. Which again, of course, not, like nothing, nothing really did, but something did. And... Corey's not offering up that information, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you this, dude. If this were euphoria, oh, <laughs> like if this if was euphoria, this, if this was just like even Dawson's Creek, like they would have totally gotten it on and it just been like this, like secret, and like they would have had to like deal with it later on. But they just they're so jokey about this thing that, like, again, my wife was like, I would feel absolutely uncomfortable in this entire episode for all of these circumstances that Corey and Angela are in. So, like, I'm glad we have Angela. I'm glad we have Corey and her being friends. But like, I don't know if I like this friendship. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you're right. It's just it's not a good look all around. I'll say that. There, it's just not, there's it's not a good look. There's mistakes made by everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that the my biggest takeaway from this is that what you just said, which is even though we as the audience should remember and should consider the fact that Corey and Topanga are newly engaged, and it is very common for an engaged couple to have the question of, oh my God, what is a long-term problem? What is a now problem? Yeah. Um, uh, my fiance and I have only really been with each other, and this is the first time I've seen my fiance kiss someone else. And I'm having feelings about it. All of that, absolutely great. But it is missed and drowned out and played for jokes. And therefore, we walk away feeling like Corey overreacted. When in reality, there is substantial discussion to be had. I mean, we did see this um, uh, when they broke up. I think it was in like season three, right before the prom fashion show or something like that, where he did try to fight... uh, what's his face from a walk to remember because he saw them kissing <laughs> in the hallway. Yeah. So like, it, there is history of like Corey being jealous of seeing Topanga kiss someone else, but like, they don't make any reference to that. That's not what this is about. He doesn't say like, Hey, seeing you with someone else when you're engaged to me is like really hurtful. No, no conversations. Absolutely. So I think, I think um, that's a really good point. Okay. We got to do the B storyline. Pervy storylines. Yeah. Let's get into the B storyline. Um, okay. So we're uh, in the B storyline. Uh, we are talking about Jack, Eric, and Rachel. I realized this episode, do we see Rachel leave the apartment at all? Have we seen Rachel leave uh, the apartment at all? Yeah, Other we, saw than, her, we saw her leave the apartment when she went to class and they were like, oh, she's gone, we can take our pants off. Okay, no, no, <laughs> what, what, sorry. What I meant was, do we see her outside of the apartment building? Now you're right that there's oh, yeah. the episode with Feeney but for the most part, so many episodes, so many of Rachel's scenes just take place in the boys' in the apartment, apartment. Yeah, that it feels like a whole other world. It feels like it's almost like, I think season four of Glee when they're doing like New York, and then also sure, yeah. there's the like two kid- different things happening, two worlds, two yeah. different two different shows are going on right now. One of the things I thought of is the fact that. Sean is sleeping on the couch 
in the rec room. And I was like, why is he not sleeping at his brother's place? Yeah. Like, like his brother, we've established, lives in the same campus. Why would he not go there? But it's because it's a different world. It's They're a different in a world. completely different universe. It's a different world. I was waiting for that to happen. <laughs> um, uh, so go ahead. Yeah. No, no. My whole thing with uh, this whole separate world of Jack, Eric, and Rachel is just that, like, I don't feel like they know what the hell to do with Jack Hunter. Jack Hunter was introduced in season five. They tried to make him Sean's brother, but then they gave up on that after Christmas and tried to make him Eric's best friend. But now it's just him and Eric, like every episode is, well, Rachel's our roommate. And like, that's weird, right? So let's act different until she's like, no, you can act yourself. Like, why are we still doing this? Like we saw Rachel say, be yourself in the laundry room we saw rachel say over and over again please just treat me like a person like i'm a normal person and every episode they're like should we trust her to be ourselves like should we treat her like a human and i'm just like is she not getting sick of this because she even says she's like stop talking like i can't hear you like she finally (laughs) like frustrated yes (laughs) what was interesting to me is this idea of the boys are saying things like she won't like us if we're truly ourselves. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is a this is a window into how cishet straight white men think. This idea, well, and not just them, by the way. I think a lot of men feel this way, a lot of cis straight men. But this idea of, oh, I can't be myself around a girl. She won't like me. And then, so instead, I'll put on a performance to get her to like me. And then once I have her, well, now she's stuck with me. And it's like, do you not see how how disturbing that is? That's the routine. That's what they teach us in straight school. (laughs) (laughs) But is that not disturbing? You know, it's, it's this, okay, so here's what I'll say about this, because, again, I'm watching this with my wife, and she's like, you know what, there's so many things when you're living with a boy that you have to get used to that, like, I wish they would have talked about, like, they didn't talk about them leaving hair in the sink or them not washing their sheets for three months or just, like, any of, like, the gross stuff that, like, a single man would just do when he's not, doesn't have anyone around he's trying to impress, but, or a cis man, whatever, um, <laughs> I I was just going to say that, like, there was things that they could have really gotten into in terms of what it means to, like, room with, like, an opposite gender or or whatever. But they just made it about bullshit. They didn't make it about anything substantial. Because my whole thing is, as someone who, uh, in college, I had a dorm that was full of guys that was literally next door to a dorm filled with girls. Have you seen a girl's bathroom? And I'm not talking, like... Oh, like, no, no, no. It's, it's a mess. Makeup counter. Mess. They don't put any of their <laughs> shit away. Yes? Wife, I'm calling you out. You do your makeup. You do your hair. And it's all these, like, gadgets and products. And it smells great, but it's a mess. Long hair. hair. You're fighting oh it. God, in the you're... shower. They're like, put, it's like on the wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> so because of that, I was like, you could have had a conversation. Uh, my, my, my first thought was like, if you want to make this better and like relatable and like girls can be messy too, just take them to Rachel's bathroom counter yeah. where the makeup is. So just heard so- it. Have yeah. her be way more of a slob than they are, which I think they tried to do, but the way they tried to do that was to put 
her spaghetti covered feet in Eric's face, which we're going to get to in that Dan uh, Schneider moment that comes up later uh, in the show. Um, <laughs> but like, they don't actually like approach this from like, a, what would it really be like for these people to live together and the things that they would be struggling with? So now, it just feels the void of any realism. And and, and this is what this is another one where I was like, I ha- I'm in a sitcom world. Yeah, we're doing sitcom things because this sitcom idea. Sitcom things. So so okay. We gotta we gotta figure out a way. We I need people to give me like name suggestions of what we're doing with the Eric and Jack thing because what I do think is funny is they spend this entire time being like, okay, we had to be these people in order. We're talking Martha Stewart. We're I'm gonna call it things. the the call uh, call me by your name moment for now until until we get a better one. <laughs> but it's one of those things where they are talking about Rachel, you know, trying. And the moment they leave, they go. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. They go, Rachel's not here, by the way. Why do we still have our pants on? <laughs> Why do we still have our pants on? <laughs> hands um, come off. They sit down. Hands go immediately in pants side by side. And I was like, there's something there. <laughs> what you guys watching? You watching that video of uh, Topanga and Sean? <laughs> <laughs> What guys doing their underwear evidently? <laughs> I was just like, this is definitely one of those moments where it's like, if I wanted to read more into it, I could. It's so funny. I'm watching this show now called Fate or Winks or whatever. I don't know. It's this show on Netflix. It's a fairy show, uh, literally about fairies. <laughs> but one of the um, one of the things that's really funny is there's this um, kind of triad. This this couple where it's like there's a gay guy who's in love with his best friend and the best friend is in love with this other girl but the other girl is just like i i'm into both of you only for sexual reasons and they're all like okay yeah that'll work and it's kind of messy and it's kind of like all this other thing but i was like it's actually something that yeah okay let's have this conversation what like i want them to just explore the idea of the three of them i want them to acknowledge that there's tension here like i just i want it to be in the real world and in the real world these actions are a lot more messy and nuanced than what we're getting that's it that's it something more chasing amy than what we got yeah yes something more chasing amy oh my god chasing amy that's what we're gonna call this that's it moment it's the chasing, chasing Amy Eric moment. moment. <laughs> chasing Amy moment. Chasing Rachel. Chasing Rachel. Well, okay. So I, I want to get into this a little bit. Um, before we get into uh just how this episode concludes, there's multiple moments where Eric talks about moms. <laughs> He's yes. like, Jack, I love your mom, by the way, who we've never met. I don't even know if we know her name. We know barely a little about Jack's mom, but Eric mentions it. And then later on to Rachel, he's like, do you have a picture of your mom, by the way? No reason. (laughs) People are letting their purr flags fly. Like, they're not hiding anything back in this episode. They're not. Um, Okay, let me talk about the Dan Schneider moment of the show. Um, So, those who are not familiar, Dan Schneider, who was an executive at Nickelodeon, has, if you search Dan Schneider on YouTube, you're going to get a bunch of comps of teens and Nickelodeon shows doing very pervy things that this guy suggested that they do. And when I saw Rachel put her spaghetti-covered feet in Eric's face, it just... It was such a Dan Schneider moment. It was such like a weird, why is this in the script? Why is this in the show? I felt so uncomfortable seeing her 
rub marinara sauce on his face with her feet. It was just a very weird, why is this on my television moment? So I, I just think it's strange that like they had this storyline about the boys being messy, seemingly just so they can lead to a food fight and not so they can lead to any progression of their relationships together as roommates. And that's really the overall disappointing thing from my perspective. So completely agree. I watched this and I was like, oh, so you wanted a food fight. You wanted yeah. a food fight. Uh, by the way, have you ever done a food fight? Have you had this conversation? I've never done a food fight. Have you done a food fight? I've done a food fight. I had, I, I've had a food fight. By the way, man. a few things happened. One, I broke my pinky toe during the food fight. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're slippery. You're just throwing shit. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've actually had a food fight. Um, it was at, and it was at a camp. And it was like, it was like everyone Oh, did. you had a, it takes two moments. I, you, but here's the thing. You have to clean up after a food fight. And oh, that, that doesn't sound good. That is just, I mean, and then as an adult thinking about, like, imagine right now if mm -mm. you and your wife just started throwing food at each other, everything. Like, do you not just like ants and, and, dude, we have, a, like, <laughs> we have a golden retriever. This motherfucker. <laughs> it doesn't matter what is on the coffee table. His tail comes, smacks it right off. I am constantly picking up a mess that I didn't start. And if I worked at a camp, I know I'm not. First of all, I don't know what the pay is for camp, but it's not clean up a food fight money. Come on. And then again, you have you have spaghetti. Or I, I don't know. That. Like, so here's the thing. For me, I'm someone who's very sensitive about like textures and all this other stuff. So the idea of like just having food that, by the way, is cold and like all this other stuff. She put her feet in the the sauce, and I'm just like, oh my god, why, why? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> so it's you just, know what? Again, this really quickly. We don't kink shame if that's your thing. Good for you, Mazel. But this is a very kinky episode. Can we agree? Between like Corey <laughs> rewatching this footage of his fiance making out with someone else over the and over again director. in his underwear, the pervy <laughs> director being like, "Come on, give us more. We're gonna sell this to kids." Like, I just can't imagine that. Like, there what? Who wrote this episode? You know what? I, I gotta find this. Out. I gotta find out who wrote this episode. So David Brownfield. He has a lot of credits in like Chicago Fire, Chicago MD, Chicago PD, all of that stuff. Started in Boy Meets World though. He wrote four episodes, and they are all season six and seven episodes. And this one, the one of the episodes he wrote, "Be True," by far the worst episode of Boy Meets World of all time. I know we're gonna get there. If there is no way this isn't considered the word. I'm saying this writer is fucking bad for this show. No offense. <laughs> I'm sure he does great stuff in other genres, but he just didn't know what he was doing with these characters because he made a mess out or of things that- Or he was getting his legs. Or he was getting his legs. Maybe I'm being overly critical, but as someone who just loves the show so much and wants to see more with these characters, it's, it's frustrating that their relationships aren't growing when they just keep getting caught up in just sitcom stuff. Like yeah. all of this felt like TGIF promo material. It didn't feel like anything like one for us, one for them. The fact that this is a silly episode and then next week we get the teachers like doing inappropriate stuff with students episode just kind of shows that like it was like, a oh, we have to do a kind of gimmicky cartoony episode so we can dive into the real stuff next week so maybe it's a network thing i don't know but this episode's ridiculous bro one for them one for us type episode. yeah it seems like it seems like it um 
The episode ends with Jack and Eric turning into skeletons because they waited for Rachel to get out the shower for too long. That's how this episode ends, guys. That's that's the cartoon. Women be taking a long at. time in a shower. <laughs> women be showering. <laughs> women be showering. You know women with their soaps and their showers. <laughs> they just take forever in the bathroom. Again, like you've been living with her for like six months. There is no, oh, she suddenly started taking long showers. We suddenly started being really proper around her. It's like you guys have been living together. Where is all this newness coming from? Absolutely. Again, yeah. I just, I don't know. I I enjoyed Will Friedle this episode. I thought he was funny. I think when he eats the pie off of Jack's face, yeah. it's really, it's it, that was something that Will chose to do. Like, like, they didn't tell him to do that. He, he was like, this will make it funnier. Will is amazing. <laughs> like, I have to say this, like, regardless of all the criticism I have about Jack and Eric, Will Friedle in this season is really just, like, shining so bright that he makes up for a lot of the bullshit they're asking us to swallow. Because he's just making it so just entertaining that yeah. you kind of don't care. Which is fine. Exactly. I can give the show that. Like, I, I give Will's credit. But also, as we wrap up, and I promise you guys we are, you know, <laughs> uh, as we wrap up, this is one of those things where they undermine their lesson immediately. Yeah. They go, so you're going to treat me like a roommate. Yes. You're going to, uh, like, I'm your roommate, not your mom. Yes. Okay. Now clean this up. I'm going to go shower. Yes, mommy. Yes, mommy. <laughs> oh, my God. A listener did, in fact, give us feedback. And they talked about the fact that Maitland Ward did um she called out Michael Jacobs in her in her book. book? Yeah. Wow. And he goes, okay, so there's a line in Maitland's book where she says Michael Jacobs told her if she ever needs anything to dominate him like she does in the laundry scene with Eric. And I just shouted ill ill ill. <laughs> she also said that Ben was wondering what dates would be like with her, and she thinks that he passed out when she filmed that laundry scene. Wow. So like, it, it's it's really it's it's a, what I'm understanding from from Maitland's kind of like few comments that's put out there, and what I'm hearing from again Betsy Randall and like everyone else who's talking about the show is that there were so many things that just made them uncomfortable, but we lived in a time period where you were not encouraged to speak up or speak out or say anything. If you want a job, shut up, come to, sh come to the set and put up with whatever is going to be thrown at you. And if you can put up with it, then maybe we'll have you back next week. Like, it just seems like such a toxic time period where like people who are contributing to the show in such amazing ways are getting are feeling stifled and feeling restricted and feeling like they have to kind of put on the face behind the scenes it's just it's 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 sad really like it, it I'm, I'm glad that all of this is coming out and i'm glad we're at a point where we can finally start acknowledging this but i mean the fact that this has been going on in hollywood for for fucking decades is isn't surprising either um yeah. i think it's really important and i think for anyone who's been listening this long i want to say that i think it's important to acknowledge the duality like you and I are saying things like, hey, this was a really fun, entertaining episode. It also sent a lot of really negative messages and is not something that we want to see again. You know, like, it's like the yeah. two can be true. It can be a really uncomfortable set. It can be something that 
um, the storylines don't make sense, and we're actually kind of giving um, conflicting messages, and we are not giving credit where credit is due, and we're not diving deep into uh, topics that we bring up. But it's also really funny. Yeah. And that's allowed. Like they 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 did a good job at distracting us from the fact that they actually didn't say anything. I think the reason why Boy Meets World, uh, at least with us kind of giving it this criticism of just being like, the reason why it's tough is because the, there's a duality to Boy Meets World itself. There's times where you walk into an episode and you have no idea, is this going to be an episode that's just silly and made for laughs? Or is this going to be like a touch my soul, stay with me for the rest of my life, important moment? And we get both. It's a crapshoot. Sometimes you get something that's just like, wow, that's I can't believe they had Sean you know, go through this. I'm really emotionally touched. I'm invested. And then other times we get spaghetti feet in the face. And so it's just hard to kind of uh, find a, a, a through line in terms of tone sometimes when we're going back and forth from such silly extremes to such dramatic extremes. So absolutely. And that, and that's, that's what I want to say. I, did I enjoy, you know what? Let's just kind of wrap yeah, it up. Let's get, let's, um, yeah. Let's, let's wrap it up. Let's, what was your bra moment? The whole episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my bra moment was I had a, I had a bunch. Um, uh, Angela kissing Corey to prove a point. Um, any woman kissing or flirting with a guy to prove a point, I just I don't feel like is is realistic at all. Um, and again, just the the spaghetti covered feet in the face made me very very uncomfortable. It just goes to show that like they could have really handled that storyline differently and they choose chose to make it silly and at the end of it it's just like hey we're just going to be slobs so to to quote my wife when she starts finding crunchy socks around the apartment after this, <laughs> she's going to regret the way she handled the situation <laughs> so that's my bro that's my bro moment oh <laughs> uh, that that's really funny okay um in reality i there were several things where i was just kind of like side-eyeing quite a bit i do think like the idea of angela just kissing Corey, especially now that we've talked about like them being engaged and all this other stuff just it is one of those things where it's like mm. um but also you brought up the dan snyder connection and i can't not see <laughs> i'm so like, sorry i called it I just, that it's just no, so... no but like i just right i just i'm like mm, uh, who was this for uh in all honesty you know what i mean like <laughs> Like, the writer of this episode has some deep kinks that he's exploring through these characters, <laughs> and we're just getting really to know this writer, uh, Or the David director, to be honest, because, like, we don't know that the script said she puts her feet in. But it reminded me, it reminds me of, like, in the very, in the A storyline, how the director was like, oh, you know what we should do now? And it's like, why are we doing mm. this? Who is this for? This was supposed to be one thing. This is supposed to be a food fight. Why is her feet in the spaghetti sauce? <laughs> So, anyway, not here the king shame. Not here the king shame. Not here the um, king shame. But are the <laughs> kink question? Maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a question if kinks belong in the show, but like I'm not here to shame anyone. Exactly. Um, what are we supposed to be walking away with as the lesson of this episode? I think the lesson of the episode from the A storyline is not everything needs to be read into. It's the lesson that they want us to have. I feel like the better lesson is when you are engaged, you have to start 
having these conversations and thinking about is this a lifelong like is this a now problem or a forever problem that's a great lesson that's not what this episode oh no no not not at all that's a great lesson i wish but i think i I think that you have let me see that that is that's something that would have been touched on yeah the my feeny lesson of this episode my true takeaway is that it is completely okay to be physically intimate with people you don't have strong the history with if you don't love them it's cool it's a hundred percent okay and you have no reason to freak out your fiance has no reason to freak out it's just groovy man like that's <laughs> that's the lesson it's all groovy baby it's all groovy baby <laughs> okay um what are you giving this episode grades oh capital c caterpillar oh okay that's cool it's so it's so funny that you say that because in reality, I was thinking to myself, what would I, and I think my first reaction was C, but I'm also going to say I laughed. This is iconic. It's one of, so I think I'm going to give it a C plus. Mm. Um, I'm going to give it a C plus because I enjoyed this episode. I think from memory, I would have given it a B. Um, watching it, it's kind of see even talking through it. I really enjoyed this episode, but you're right. It's all over the place. It doesn't quite nail anything. And it just felt like, and it recaps coming. lessons. These characters should have learned already. I think that's the most frustrating thing yeah. about boy meets world is that sometimes they repeat these lessons and these characters had, have these huge epiphanies that we've seen them have already. So right. like, that was, that was frustrating. Um, you're, you're doing 22 episodes. Like you only got so much. You yeah. only got so much. Okay. uh homework let's get into homework what, what do you, do you have? have okay all right well here's a little something have you started watching the uh amazon prime show a league of their own i have i have not and it's so funny because i was looking for homework and i was like oh you know what would be really cool but i haven't watched yet <laughs> have I've you started watched- watching it I've, I okay, so I'm not, I don't know if I'm done with the first season, but I've definitely watched a handful of episodes, and I have to say, I'm loving it. Abby Jacobson does such a fantastic job. She executive produced this and she's writing, like, she does, she's doing such a fantastic job. They're, I saw a picture of their writer's room, so eclectic, brown, queer, everything. Like, everyone is contributing to this narrative of, hey, these women were pioneers in baseball at a time when the men weren't allowed, and a majority of them were LGBTQ. So, like, let's actually tell those stories of these people from this time period that we don't get to see. And it's beautifully done. And the biggest thing I want to point out specifically for this podcast is that it has a Boy Meets World alum. Who? Fucking Eli from season three has a role in this episode as the father of um, one of the main characters, uh, Maxine, who's kind of going through, yeah. like trying to figure out her sexuality and things like that. But he plays the dad on that show and he does a great job. And he's, he's, he's seen as like the sexy dad at church. I, I mean, don't know what that is. means. But you know hey. what that means. Oh. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, the show is just really well done. It's really great. And like they're, they're doing, um, they're, I feel like, they're expanding upon the movie in ways I didn't think they were capable of. Like, I was just like, oh, it's it's a, the movie. Okay, I, I, it's going to be girls playing baseball. It's so much more than that. And so I, I just strongly encourage everyone to check it out and check out Eli. Absolutely. Okay, so for me, um, my homework this week is, um, I believe we talked about this previously. Oh, actually, we didn't talk about this. Um, have you seen the show Rap Shit? 
on no HBO. i haven't i haven't i haven't okay okay so this is it's i'll say this right off the bat it's not for everybody but for those who are about it you'll be about it if you liked insecure if you yeah. like imperfect characters in your storytelling um it's really fun it's about uh two uh young women in miami entering the rap industry entering the game yeah it's almost modeled after the city girls uh they they are um executive producers of it as well oh and uh it's it's a fun show it's very Issa ray it's very insecure it's very much like you get like a moment of heroic and then immediately after you get someone embarrassing themselves. Yeah. Um, and so I, I we had fun with it. We marathoned, we benched the entire season. Uh, the, the, again, what Issa did, which was really smart, is the songs that the girls make on the show are also available as singles. So, and they're she good songs. She gleed yeah, it. She 100% gleed it. <laughs> and here's the thing. And it's really, it's good. It was smart of her to yeah. do. Uh, you, you will like it. Did, it's Florida. It is Florida. You watch it and you're uh, like, oh, I watched it. I was like, no, these are Miami girls. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh, these are Miami girls. For see, sure. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes knowing Florida is a gift and a curse. <laughs> you watch it and you're like, so in any other kind of context, you could see this as a caricature or whatever. But when you know, when you know, you this know, this is just them. That's CJ, I can real. point out people who are from Tampa on site alone. Do you understand what I mean by that? Like, it's not from like a judgmental thing. Like, I just know, I know the spots. And like, I see someone, and I'm like, oh, they're from Tampa. I get it. I get I get what you're saying. You're like, oh, that's a Tampa hoe. <laughs> that, that's just a Tampa. Yeah. And okay. what's even funnier is like, I, I, um, I, at my new job, someone, I was like, I'm so and they're like, oh, I'm from Tampa. I was like, are you from Tampa? I'm from mm-hmm. Orlando. Like, there's like little rivalry that they have. And then don't get us anyone started on Miami because that's a whole other thing. It's a whole other but, game. It's all over the beast. Uh, absolutely. So check it out. Honestly, good music, good characters, great storytelling, very complex, very much like, and it's also very insightful for, it didn't have to be insightful and it's yeah. very Nightful show um, that gives depth to a lot of characters that I think you very easily could have written off. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I encourage everyone to check it out. I'll have to um, check it out. Yeah. Rap shit on HBO. All right. All right. I'll have to look into it. Um, so I guess that's it then. We did it. Guys, that's it. 606, hugs and kisses. We There it is. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for going on this journey with us uh as we said earlier remember to leave us a five-star rating um like we're here we're, we're doing it now if you leave us yeah a five-star rating, i really rate love the voice messages too like if you guys can leave voicemail like even if you just leave a voice message on instagram we'll find a way to play it like we did the other one because those are great love that absolutely uh you can find us at brum meets world um on all the places uh email us at brum meets world at gmail.com uh, T, is there anything else you want to say? Oh, um, you know, like I said, we're doing ep- video episodes on YouTube, and now we have our video episodes on Spotify, which you probably know if you're on Spotify, but if you're not, go ahead and check us out there, because we do have video episodes that we're streaming as well. And, um, no, I don't really have anything else. Oh, the one thing I want to sell you is 
completely separate from this episode, and I forgot to mention this in morning announcements, which is that I'm so annoyed, I'm so frustrated that the Pod Meets World live show happens when I'm out of town. I moved to LA thinking I was gonna see all these concerts, I was gonna see all these comedians. Everyone comes to town when I'm out of fucking town. And in the strangest coincidence of all, I'm in Philadelphia that weekend. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Oh my God, uh, anyways. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, okay. So again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, uh, we will wrap up by telling you, remember, remember to dream, to try, and to do good. Do some damn good, y'all. Later, bros. Later, bruh. When the spawn meets world.